think the city will ever be the same due to the move of God that took place during that time. Freedom, what I say? Faith, Freedom Church International. Amen. Thank you, Lady T. Amen. So keep me on point. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we had a tremendous time. So we thank God uh, for Freedom Church International in Pell City, Alabama. Uh, city, uh, just amazing move of God. So let's jump into the Word of God. It won't be long. Um, today is considered across the world as Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. Everybody is celebrating, uh, celebrating the triumphant entry of Jesus Christ into the city as he goes from the crib to the cross. Jesus comes into the city uh, to reclaim and to restore the kingdom of God here in the earth realm. And so as we prepare ourselves for the word of God on today, if you would grab your Bibles all over the place. Amen. Everyone grab your Bible. Matter of fact, let me see your Bibles if you have them, whether it's electronic or it's paper. Raise it up in the air. Let me see it. Let me see it. Amen. 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 It's, it's probably about 60% paper. The rest is electronic. Do it again. Let me see. Amen. Praise God. Okay, I take that back. It's all the other way around. Amen. Amen. So grab your Bibles. We're going to go to the Word of God. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet with me if you would. We're going to go to the book of Zechariah, chapter number 9. Verse number 9 is where we begin. Then we'll dance over to the book of Romans, chapter number 3. Hold your finger in Zechariah. Uh, come back to Zechariah. We'll start in Zechariah. So hold your finger in Romans, chapter number 3, verse number 25. <clears throat> Zechariah, uh, the prophet, and has an assignment, as all prophets do of old, is to declare to the people what thus said the Lord. Zechariah has an assignment to declare to the people what God said, regardless of what the people feel about what God says. Zechariah has an assignment to declare to the people what God's hope, his will, and his purpose for his people. That's Zechariah and every prophet's assignment is to say what God says. Hallelujah. Anytime you have a prophet that says something other than what God says, he is not a prophet. So, so you got to be certain and you got to be sure that, one, you know the word of God for yourself and you must know God for yourself. Because whenever the prophet speaks, he will always confirm what God has already spoken to you. And it will come out of his word. Anything outside of that, he is a false prophet. Amen. Tell your neighbor, you better know God for yourself. So Zechariah has this assignment to declare to the people what God has said. But before we get into the word, let's make our faith declaration. Say it loud and strongly with me. Would you say today I'll be taught the word of God? My spirit is ready and my mind is sharp. I believe the word. The word is truth. It is without error. I believe what the word says. I can have what it says I can have. I can do it, what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. I believe what the word says about me. I am redeemed. I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. 
Say that again. I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. I am healed. No sickness nor disease shall come near my home. I'm more than a conqueror. I am rich. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. Prophesy that over your neighbor. Say, wealth and riches shall be in your house. Find somebody else and prophesy with them. Say, wealth and riches shall be in your house. Shall I'm blessed to be a blessing? My house is blessed. My marriage is blessed. My children are blessed. My church is blessed. Now shout, I'm blessed. Now if you agree, say amen to that. Shout again, amen. Zechariah chapter number 9, verse number 9 is where we begin. Are you there? Say amen. If you're still looking, say hallelujah. Amen. Don't feel bad. Hallelujah. Amen. Many have a tough time finding Zechariah. Amen. We'll give you a moment. Hear this while you're looking, hallelujah. The greater the load of the cross you bear, the greater the weight of the crown you'll wear. The greater of the cross you bear, the greater of the crown you'll wear. What are you saying, apostle? Uh, There's a cross. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. Take up the weight and the burden. Don't don't allow me to carry this burden on my own. Take up and follow me. Take up your cross. Take up the burden. Watch this. Did you not know that you uh, have been assigned to carry the burden of others? Some, some of you carrying a heavy load, you're, you're praying for your family, you're praying for your children, you're praying for your marriage, you're praying for your city, your state, you're praying for your president, you're praying for city officials. That's a burden. And the greater the burden you carry, the greater crown you'll wear. The 24 elders in heaven cast their crowns at the feet of Jesus. You know why? Because while they were in their earthly ministry, they carried the weight of so many. That your giving, your prayers, your intercession, all of those things, God considers that to be a burden. And when you shoulder that load of that burden, God says he will assess to your account in heaven a crown. Did you know you had an account in heaven? You may have Whitney. You may have Chase Bank. Come on, give me another one. Regions. Dreaded Regions. Credit Union. Home Bank. Capital. Amen. She said that's strong, too. Amen. Capital One. It sounds like commercial, huh? What's in your wallet? Um, But you have an account in heaven. And all of your deeds, all of your acts, all of your service, God registers every act in heaven. And it goes to your account. So as a believer, hear this, beloved, as a believer, catch it. You will not be judged by your sins because Jesus died for your sins as a believer. As a believer, you won't be judged for your sins, but you'll be judged for your deeds and your acts. Revelation says that you're going to take your acts and you're going to bring them before the Lord And he's going to rain fire down upon it. And those that are hate and stubble will burn away. But the ones that are gold, he said, rain down fire and it comes out as pure gold. It is called the great white seat. The the seat is the Bema seat, the great white throne of judgment. As a believer, you will go before the white throne of judgment and you will bring your works. 
And you present them before the Lord. Fire. Stay in hubble, burn away. Fire, gold, pure. God says, enter in thy good and thy faithful servant. Hear this. In order to hear well done, thy good and faithful servant, you must be well doing. I'll say that one more time. In order to hear well done, there must be a well doing. And as you're well doing, God is recording your well doing. Hallelujah. So for all of our frozen chosen that sit on their blessed beloved and won't do anything, then you won't have nothing assessed to your account in heaven. Now, did I say you won't make it in? Did not. But you're going to be crownless. Did you catch that? How many want a crown in heaven? How many want a crown in heaven? Come on, look around. How many want a crown? Come on, hold your neighbor accountable. Look at your neighbor because if their hand is lifted, then you got to make sure that they're well doing. So when you see them doing nothing, you nudge them and say, hey, do something. Uh Uh-huh. I heard the old song, move something. I'm I'm sorry. So the greater the, the load, the greater the crown. All right, let's go to work. Zechariah chapter number nine. Are you there? Hallelujah. I gave you a long time, so you should be there. Hallelujah. Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you. He comes righteous. He comes victorious. But watch, he comes lowly and riding on a donkey, on a coat and a foal of a donkey. If Jesus was in today's time, he'd be riding on 22s. Amen. You have a diamond in the back with a gangster lean. He just. He comes riding lowly on a donkey. He comes away that they did not expect him to come. He's coming in a way uh, that is low, one of poverty and impoverished. He comes riding on a donkey. He doesn't come on a chariot. He doesn't come with a great army behind him. He comes riding on a donkey. And if I didn't think you would judge me, I would say it like King James says it, but amen, I'll leave it alone. Amen. But he comes riding on a donkey. And they expected him to come another way. Just like so many of us, when Jesus is at move in our life, we expect him to come one way, but yet he comes another. And sometimes we miss Jesus because we're expecting him to come from the left and he shows up to the right. Sometimes we expect him to move through maybe your neighbor, but he decides to move through an enemy. Romans chapter number three, it says God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. Somebody shout by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because of his forbearance. He had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. Here's a big P word before you see it. He says he gave Christ as a sacrifice. Uh, The word there is propitiation means substitute. Where you and I should have died, Christ died. He substituted himself for us. The sins we were to pay for, he paid for in full. Propitiation. propitiation. Tell your neighbor that's a substitute. Tell your neighbor I don't know how to spell it, but that's okay. Just stick with substitute. Amen. Father, now we thank you for the price that you paid, the sacrifice of which you made. We receive it today by faith. 
It's in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you real briefly because, again, all over the world, they're celebrating this day. Uh, In every country, on every continent, uh, Palm Sunday is a triumphant entry of Jesus Christ coming in to pay a price far greater than you and I could ever pay. So I want to talk real briefly, Welcome the King. Tell your neighbor, Welcome the King. If I were to put a subtitle to this, I would say simply this. We're going from drama to tragedy to triumph, uh, to trauma to triumph. From drama to tragedy to trauma to triumph. As Jesus comes into the city, he is being celebrated by so many people. So many people are flogging around Jesus and they're looking They're gathering around him and they're looking just to get a glimpse of the one whom they heard of. This man named Jesus. And they're gathering around him in great numbers. And as Jesus is there approaching, riding on a donkey, they're waving palm branches and they're giving him a king's celebration. They're waving palm branches, yelling, Hosanna, Hosanna. Giving him an invitation or a celebration only that is deserving of a king. And we see in the Gospel of John, chapter number 12, verse number 12, uh, the words are recorded this way. It says, the next day the great crowd had come for the festival and heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. A great crowd are celebrating the festival, uh, the tabernacle, festival of tabernacles. It is the time of which they're celebrating the Passover, the which, of course, you know, in the Old Testament, when the blood was splattered on the doorposts and the angel of death passed over all who had the blood represented over their doorposts. It is symbolic of Jesus coming to shed his blood so that when the death angel comes over your life, will pass over. It's symbolic of Christ giving his life, shedding his blood for the remission of your sins. For without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. So Christ came to shed his blood. So why? When the death angel comes, you'll pass over. Not just a physical death, but some of us are dying and don't know it. There's some some things within us that the death angel came over to judge you for, but the blood covered it. Oh, y'all. okay. let let me go with. Let's go there. Uh, There's some things you did that you knew you shouldn't have done, but because of the blood. Uh, There's some decisions you made, some words you conveyed that really you should have been judged for. But because of the blood, the death angel passed over. And Jesus Christ comes to be that lamb that was slain so that the blood can be splattered. So the deaf angel will pass over you. And these crowds are now gathering around Jesus. They're all around him. And they took palm branches and they went out to meet him shouting, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Blessed is the king. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. As it is written, Jesus, uh, in this moment, it is Isaiah being manifested in their time. The prophet Isaiah prophesied this. It says at first, amen, in verse number 16. Amen, let's go back. Amen. It says, do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming seated on a donkey's coat. 
He's, he's prophesying or he's in the fulfillment of a prophecy that Isaiah had declared about Jesus coming on the coast as well as Zechariah. And then it says in verse number 16, uh, at first his disciples did not understand all of this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Verse 17, now the crowd that was with him went uh, when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead, continued to spread the word. Now watch. They saw miracle signs and wonders, but they didn't keep it to themselves. Can I insert parenthetically as an example of the people who was with Jesus when he did these miracle signs and wonders? As they did, so shall you. That when you see the miracle signs and wonders, you are not to keep it to yourself. When he does something great in your life, moms should not be your portion. You should open up your mouth and declare to the world what Jesus has done. And they spread the word. And watch this. It was in the spreading of the word that the crowds gathered. It is what they saw and witnessed that they began to profess to the many and it drew crowds unto Jesus. Now watch. Your sole purpose in life is not to draw people to you, but draw people to him. And so often we get puffed up and filled with pride because people are coming and we want them to see us and not see him. So they begin to spread the word. Somebody shout spread the word. Many people, because they had heard (laughs) what he had performed, these signs, went out to meet him. They only heard. They didn't witness it for themselves. They just heard. And because of their hearing, it produced a hunger. (laughs) Y'all missed it. Because of what they heard, they had an insatiable hunger to see that which they heard. So they went out to meet him. Verse number 19 tells us this. It says, so the Pharisees said to one another, see, this is getting us nowhere. These were the priests of the time, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. This is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. In other words, can I bring it to modern day time? These were preachers who were hating on other preachers. This was churches uh, in competition and competing with other churches. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, instead of celebrating what has taken place, people are coming to hear about Christ. They complaining. He got more people than us. His church is growing faster than us. He got more followers than us. His Instagram account is blowing up. Y'all quiet. And the Pharisees are complaining because Jesus is growing in great fame and influence. And they said the whole world is going after him. Now there were some Greeks. Somebody shout Greeks. Now I'm not talking about Zetas, Alphas, Omegas, Sigmas, Deltas, AKAs. There were some Greeks. (laughs) Amen. Is there even a thing anymore? There were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. Greeks. The Greeks were... Uh, heathens, they did not know the Lord, but yet they traveled hundreds and hundreds of miles just to see about a man that they heard about. 
And as they traveled, watch what happens. Uh, Verse 21 says, they came to Philip, one of the disciples of Christ, whom from Bethesda in Galilee with a request. Here's what their request was. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. These are people who are unsaved, but yet they make a quest, a request that I want to see Jesus. Oh, if we would have a church that would want to see Jesus, not see the preacher and the tennis shoes he have on, not to see the preacher and to see his custom made suit, not to hear the praise team and the choir sing his praises. Oh, if we would come just to see Jesus. Not be concerned about what our neighbor has on or what don't have on. Uh, Not to see the number of tattoos that are visible. Not to see the style of hair or the hat that they have. But if we would come just to see Jesus. Not the building. Not the children's ministry. If we would come just to see Jesus. Not to find your next bride or groom. You know, some people come to church just to find their Boaz. End up finding Bozo, but that's a story for another day. Philip went to tell Andrew, and Andrew, Philip, in turn, told Jesus what they had to say. And Jesus replied, watch. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. What happens in the text is they come to the disciples wanting to see Jesus and the disciples hold them back and try to prevent them from seeing Jesus. Now, have you ever been in a spot or a place where you went and you didn't feel welcomed? Have you ever been to a place, maybe even possible in church, where you were not welcomed? Where you didn't feel like you fit in? Because you didn't have the proper attire. Because you didn't dress like they dressed or talk like they talk. Drove what they drove. Y'all. And here it is. The Greeks are trying to see Jesus and the church folk. Gee. Trying to prevent them from seeing Jesus. And Jesus said this. He said, the hour come for the son of man to be glorified. Didn't you know that Jesus Christ came so he could be glorified not only in your life, but every life that would encounter him? He comes to encounter those who are fallen short of his glory and he wants to be glorified in them, in the sinner and the saint. Oh, y'all quiet up in here. Matter of fact, let me say it this way. He didn't come just for the those who are healthy, but for the sick. He came to be glorified in the lives of others as well as yours. Verily, I tell you, unless, hear it, let me go back. It says, verily, I tell you, unless a corner of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone, only a single seed. But if it dies, it will produce many seeds. Christ is speaking of himself. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone, somebody shout anyone. Anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. Somebody shall follow him. And where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. Now, here it is. The Greeks come. They're looking for Jesus. And one of the connotations of the text is that they were looking to 
behold Jesus. Somebody shall behold. The word behold means to have a fixed gaze upon. It, it has a synergy of focus to see this and only that. It, they came to behold Christ. So they came and they had the question. They wanted to see Jesus. So here's my first point. We would see Jesus. Right. That we would see Jesus. What, what do you mean, apostle? That we would see Jesus in everything that is around us. That watch, we would have a fixed, synergized focus on him and him alone and nothing else. See, when you come into the house of God, you got to learn to behold him. Not worry about the person in front of you or next to you on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. You got to have a fixed gaze and focus on him and him and him alone. Not the person shouting in the corner. Not the person laid prostrate on the floor. Not the person who's in the back sleeping. (laughs) Tell your neighbor, have a fixed focus. You must focus on him and him alone, that we would see Jesus. But it's not enough to hear about Jesus. It's not enough. You got to learn to see Jesus. These Greeks came because they heard, but it wasn't enough just for them to hear. They wanted to see. It wouldn't be enough for you to hear about what God is doing here to elevate church. You must come and see. It's not enough to hear your grandmother and them praying and your grandpa praying or, or Auntie May praying. You've got to see Jesus for yourself. He must move from the God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Jacob, and he must become your God. Can you say amen? amen. So, To hear about Jesus is not enough. You must learn to see Jesus for yourself. Not only would we see Jesus, but we also must see Jesus. We would see him, but we must see him. In this time and this age that we live in, there has to be a desire in each of us to must see Jesus. Tell your neighbor, you must see him. You've got to have an insatiable thirst and desire to see Jesus. Because that which you don't see, you eventually miss out on. I'm going to say that again. What you don't see, you'll miss out. And if you don't see Jesus, then you'll miss Jesus. So you got to have a desire. Tell your neighbor, you got to have a desire. Because you must see Jesus, but it, uh, to be seen by Jesus is where our freedom resides. So here it is. Catch it. Not only must I see Jesus, but I also must be seen by Jesus. Because it's in me being seen by Jesus is where my freedom is at. So the Greeks knew this. If I could see Jesus, the one I heard about, if I can see him, then I'll be seen by him and be being seen by him. I would have freedom. It is the person who comes in the church and they sit on the back row. They sit in the rafters trying to hide themselves from Jesus. It is them that will miss Jesus. OK, I'm not picking on the people on the back row, but think about it for a second. So much has happened in your life and. Maybe you're ashamed of what has happened. So you come into church and you just because, you know, you want to be in church, but you don't want to be seen by church folk. So you sit in church like this. 
And every now and then you give God some glory with a waving of a hand. Every now and then you would clap your hands. But you don't want to be seen. But it's not enough just to hear about him. But you must see him. And it's in your seeing him that you're seen by him. There lies your freedom. Because what he sees, he will cover. Ah, oh God, y'all miss a shout moment right there. Only what is exposed to him, he will cover. So if you try to hide it, then it won't be covered. If you try to keep it hidden, then it won't be covered. So when you are seen by him, you're saying, Lord, see me for who I am. This is all the mess that I am. God, I'm a hot mess. And when you show your mess to him, he covers it. He covers it. Now I'm free. Because that which is in darkness shall be exposed in the light. So I don't have to feel the guilt and the shame of what was hidden because now it's exposed and it's, somebody shout, it's covered. It's covered. It's covered. So we see the drama. It's a tragedy. And it creates trauma. But it's triumphant. What's the drama? The drama is Jesus is coming into the city and everybody is trying to prevent Jesus from fulfilling his purpose. What was his purpose? To die. Even the disciple didn't want Jesus to go to the cross. Peter said, when Jesus said, it's time for the Son of Man to be given over into captivity to die. And Peter said, nope, you can't die. The Pharisees and the Sadducees are are trying to prevent the people from believing that Christ is the Messiah. They're trying to prevent him from walking in his purpose. Somebody shout, that's drama. So you go from all of this drama to this great tragedy on Good Friday when he is hanging on the cross, dying for the sins of the world. It's tragic that Jesus had to die. But watch, that tragedy produced trauma. The disciples couldn't handle the fact that Jesus was crucified. They went back fishing. Peter went back to cussing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Some of y'all still cussing, but that's okay. But after this tragic moment, it's trauma. Can I tell you something about trauma? Trauma will steal your identity. You ever been through something so traumatic in life that now the thing that you have gone through now identifies you? It is the woman with the issue of blood. She didn't even have a name. She was just known as the woman with the issue of blood. Her trauma took her identity. We don't even know her name. We just know her pain. Trauma will steal your identity. It will take the thing that you were meant to do and take it away from you and give you a whole nother name. Trauma will steal your identity. But not only will trauma steal your identity, but it will steal your resources. Because of that trauma, you're now investing in things you shouldn't be invested in. Okay, let me say it this way. You out there now shopping, talking about it's shop therapy. Trauma. Got you spending more money than you ought to be spending. Or may, maybe this way. Maybe you're gaining more weight than you ought to. Trauma. Because now you're eating, talking about it's comfort food. Y'all quiet up in here. 
Right now, watch this. You're in toxic relationships because of one traumatic experience. You find yourself in another traumatic experience. And now you're in toxic relationships. Why? Because of trauma. Somebody shout trauma. Trauma is still your resources. Lastly, trauma will steal your respect. People will stop respecting you. You know what trauma have you doing? Trauma have you stop taking baths. Stop getting dressed and keeping yourself clean. Trauma have people disrespecting you because they'll be looking at you. This is not the same you I remember. You lose respect. You'll be on your job and they won't honor you as the position you have because of trauma. You lose respect. But I came to declare to somebody today, I don't care all the drama that you have gone through. I don't care the, tra- tra- uh, the tragedies you've experienced in life. And I don't care about the trauma that you're experiencing right now. We, heard, we have a God that comes to bring triumphant victory to each of us. He came so that you could be triumphant. Jesus comes into the city from the crib to the cross to bring us victory. And I don't know who, again, this is for today, but maybe you're going through something right now. It's tragic, and I'm sorry. I don't mean to minimize or demean what you're going through. I just know what's on the other side. I know that there's something far greater on the other side. If you will fix your eyes on Jesus, don't focus on the problem, don't focus on the circumstance, don't focus on what's before you, but focus on what's ahead of you because there's something on the other side that's far greater. Jesus didn't see the cross. He saw a crown. He didn't see the problem that was right before him. He saw beyond that. He saw a throne. He didn't see a cross. He didn't see the pain. He saw something far greater. He didn't see the drama that was around him. He didn't see the tragedy. He didn't allow himself to reside in a place of trauma. Trauma is real. Trauma is real. But here's the thing. What trauma is, and y'all heard the scripture, it says, we've been made in for a but joy one thing we miss in that Pastor Adam it says weeping may (laughs) some of y'all are waiting for mourning for the weeping to end but it says it may endure for a night in other words it is a choice It can last all night long or it can last for a moment. And if you choose at any given moment to say, I'm done with this, I've tried enough, enough is enough. My God is more than a conqueror. I am more than victorious in him and Christ Jesus. At that moment, I'm done with this thing. I ain't crying no more. I don't care. I'm giving up on all of this weeping. It can happen in a moment. How do I know? Because the word of God says so. Hear this. God created the day and the night. And he called it good. What what are you saying, Pastor? Tell your neighbor, there is no such thing as a bad day. (laughs) Tell 
tell your other neighbor, there is no such thing as a bad day. You know why? Because God created the day and he called it good. So how you going to call what God called good bad? Uh, so you may have a bad moment that can last all day. But it's impossible to have a bad day. God has his eyes fixed on you. I saw you like Hagar in the wilderness. You were all alone, but it was in that place that Hagar called God El El Roy, the God who sees you. I want to encourage you today, God sees you. He sees you in your isolated moments, in those times when you're all by yourself. God sees you. And I see even your family, those of which who have rejected and abandoned you. I see family restoration coming around you. The Lord says this. I don't know you. It's my first time seeing you. But the Lord says this. Is that he has seen you from the start. And as many has come to take advantage of your giving heart and your passion for life and for people, God says for all that has been taken and all that has been stripped away, God says he's bringing back a hundredfold into your life. A hundredfold. A hundredfold. I see restoration even of resources. The Lord says that he's opening up new opportunities and doors before you. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I saw loss of life which you have mourned. And God says he's comforting your heart. The loss of life of a loved one. I don't know for the reason I hear Sarah in my ear. I don't know who Sarah is. And I don't know who that's for. Maybe it's for you, but I hear Sarah. And the Lord said, Sarah. Sarah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Sarah. Who does that mean anything to today? Sarah. I heard it clear in my spirit. Sarah. A family member, a co-worker. Sarah. Sarah. What about Sarah? Sarah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Okay. I saw a map and God is navigating Sarah. I saw a map and God is navigating Sarah back to his presence. Sarah, the Lord says to go and encourage Sarah that God has not forgotten about her and he's showing her the way back unto him. He's navigating her back to him. He's navigating her back to him. I see Sarah. Sarah had a loss of a child in her womb. And because of this loss in her life, she has lost her way towards God. She has struggled in her relationship with God. But God says today he's navigating her back unto him. He has never left her, nor has he forsaken her. Father, we thank you. We bless you, God. God, we give you glory. We thank you for the life of Sarah. God, we thank you for her life that would not be lost. God, we give you glory. We give you praise. It's in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. What's your name, Lord? Sylvia. Amen. Sylvia and Sarah. Praise God. Amen. Father, we bless you. God, we thank you. 
and there's a, a prophetic atmosphere in the place there's a word that I believe God wants to release over this house there were those of you who came with a great expectation that God will move mightily in your situation I don't know who that is today I see marriages being restored and the fire being rekindled in your marriage um, you came with a great expectation if you amen came with that expectation this morning that God will move in your life do me a favor lift your hand if that's you you have expectation you have a need for God to do something great thank you Father can those of you with your hands lifted can you stand to your feet those of you with your hands lifted stand to your feet thank you Holy Ghost thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord There's a release of resources and finances. And it's not coming in the form of a tax return. There's a release. This is what I heard of the Lord. It's coming in favor. Because of the favor of the Lord on your life, resources are about to be released into your life. Favor. Favor 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 thank you Lord Jesus I also hear that God is bringing peace to your mind For those of you who have been having trouble sleeping God is bringing peace even throughout the day your mind has been troubled the trauma of the past has triggered pain of the present and because of this trauma of the past your thoughts run rampant. Can't stay fixed and focused on anything. Your job is suffering because of your mind running rampant with other things. But I hear the Lord says that he's bringing peace to your mind. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we bless you. God, we give you glory. Father, for every person standing today, I thank you now, God. Just as you entered into the city, God, to pay a great price, the price that's been paid for all that they're standing in need of. Today, God, they're standing on the word. Father, they're standing in need of you to move, God, and you shall move mightily, God. We declare and decree in this place, God, that when the move takes place, God, we won't hold it to ourselves, but we'll declare it to the world, God, so that you will be glorified. So, Father, now we bless each and every person, even Larry on even Larry online, God. Father, I pray now that you will reach beyond the lens, God, into his household. Right now, Father, touch him right where he's at, God. In the name of Jesus, I think that healing is manifesting in his body, God. Father, you're going to regulate his blood now in the name of Jesus. We bind high blood pressure now in the name of Jesus. God, be glorified. God be glorified. God be glorified. If you receive your breakthrough, your miracle, lift your hands in the air now. Father, now, for every hand that is lifted, God, be glorified in their life. And Father, right now, we ask God, by moving your spirit, do it now in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. There's healing, I believe. There's healing. I felt in the hip. 
It's like a hip pointer. Healing in your hip. Healing in your hip. Healing in your hip. If that's you today, lift your hand. You, it's like a pain in your hip. When you sit so long, it's like pressure in your hip that you have to stand. You can't even sit. Amen. Who's that? Who's that? Lift it high. Who's that? Thank you, Father. I thank you for healing in their hip now. Strength in the bone, in the joint, God. Father, every bone spur, smooth it out now, God. Every bone spur, smooth it out now, God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for divine healing now in Jesus' mighty name. Healing in Jesus' name. For those of you who received that healing, clap your hands and give God some praise. Come on, give God some praise. your sins this moment has been set aside just for you or maybe you have you backslid and you want to get it right today with Christ he entered into city to pay the price for your sins but you have to receive that that's you today maybe you're backslid and coming back to get it right accepting him in the part of your sins if that's you today just wave your hand at me want to get it right with Jesus today if that's you make a decision today make a decision today to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If that's you, wave your hand at me. Thank you, Father. God, we bless you. God, we give you glory. And God, we give you praise. It's in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. If you don't have a church home, you're in the midst of finding a place that you can call home. And you felt the Spirit of God drawing you to this house. If that's you today, would you lift your hand? Thank you, sir. We see you. I see you, sir. Any others today that I want to make Elevate Church my home, any others today will say today is the day for me. Any others? It may be your first time. Amen. But you felt the power and the presence of God, and God is connecting you today. If that's you, lift your hand. You want to be a part. Amen. Anyone else? Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's celebrate them today. Amen. Lifting your hand, you'll be receiving a white card. Make sure you fill that card out in its entirety. Hand it back to the hand that handed it to you so we can celebrate with you and connect you with the family of faith. For those who are here for the first, second time, and for those who are now part of the family of faith here at Elevate Church, we greet you in the best way we know how. Elevate! Amen. Y'all kind of weak now. Y'all selling me out now. Elevate! There we go. Amen. Would you stand to your feet all over the place as we close out? Hallelujah. Come on, sir. Just want to Everybody's the Lord in this place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I 
all that has been said and been done. And Father, oh, that we would see Jesus. That we would see Jesus. That we will see Jesus. And Father, on that day, as in the day of perdition, let us harden not our hearts. But Lord God, let us pursue with passion after you. So Father, we love you and we thank you. God, we give you the glory and the praise. It's in Jesus' mighty name we do pray. And we welcome the King into our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Amen. For all of our first time, second time, and even third time guests, I would love to shake your hand, meet you, and greet you. I'll be in the foyer. Amen. To meet each of you. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.